What if your personal or business brand was so focused and so on target that it was easy for everyone in your organization to understand? What if you connected with your clients on an emotional level so deeply that they never forgot you? This is what the most successful brands in the world do. It's not about ad budgets. It's about developing a consistent brand, no matter the industry, location, or size of the company. Discover your brand and create an amazing, foolproof marketing strategy. This is the Brand Archetypes Podcast, hosted by Kevin Skerritt and Amy Zander, owners of brandarchetypes.com. Join them on a journey to discover your most powerful, true brand. Hey, Amy. Hey, Kevin. You sound all sad. What's up? It's... I'm not sad. I'm... I'm trying out my inner Eeyore to see what it would be like to be low energy. <laughs> well, how's that, how's that working out for you? I I don't like it much. No, it's it's not you. Uh, it's not it's not you. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, listeners. While Kevin tries to pull himself together, I'll go ahead and let you in on the topic for the day. Today, we're talking about low energy archetypes. Those choice few where being lower energy is a strategic decision and can, when done properly, lead to super strong brand strategies and higher levels of customer trust and engagement. But just to be clear, low energy does not mean a lack of power. So, how you doing, Kevin? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> well, so, wow, uh, I'm not going to go do that anytime soon. Uh, that was... That was harsh for my jester brain to do that. And uh, hang on, hold on one second. I got to, I'll, Steve Martin, I need to put some baloney in my shoes to make me feel funny. Feel funny. <laughs> I don't know, do you remember that bit? I do. I love Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thanks for jump, jumping in there. Amy, it is the Brand Archetypes Podcast. We are talking about low energy archetypes today. And, uh, well, how about if we start with the basics and uh, we just list the archetypes that we consider low energy? Yeah, sure. So these are in no particular order. The neighbor. This is all about being an average Joe, hanging out and chilling with or without Netflix. Uh, (laughs) The mother. This one is all about caring and comforting others. We have the guru, or sometimes called the sage, which is all about knowledge, experience, and wisdom. And we have the innocent. This one is steeped in childlike tranquility and qualities and family values and simplicity and all just being (sighs) like a kid. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Okay. So uh, great to list each of them, neighbor, mother, guru, and innocent. So let's now talk about the pros and cons of each one in this batch. So I'll start. Uh, well, the first thing that you should know is that all of these, in addition to being low energy, they will also very likely exude a very high level of trust, but each one for different reasons. So uh, apparently, we as humans find it a little easier to trust people in organization that aren't, I don't know, uh, like me, <laughs> wild <laughs> and loony and unpredictable and, and kind of crazy and who'd have thunk it, right? Yeah, I so, know. I mean, go figure. <laughs> I know, right? The the neighbor, that's not to say that I'm not trustworthy, by the way. It just, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> the neighbor, uh, its trust comes from that kind of sense of familiarity. You know, you 
they're a friend, you know, they're, you, you've known them for a long time. You just feel good around them, right? The guru, their trust is based on their deep level of uh, experience and wisdom, you know, so I don't have that, so I, I got to trust them, right? The mother's uh, trust is based on the deepest of emotional ties, just like you trust your own mother, right? And the innocent is kind of the belief that uh, the an innocent person or an innocent organization isn't capable of untrustworthy actions. So, you know, kind of think about a baby. You know, do you trust a baby? Uh, yeah, because they haven't learned how to, to be untrustworthy yet. So trustworthiness as kind of an offshoot uh, of, of this low energy it's a it's a huge benefit of picking one of these these low energy archetypes. So uh, what do you have, Amy? Yeah, I agree with all that stuff. And along with that high level of trust, um, I suggest that each of these also come with the feeling of comfort and peace of mind. So that's mm-hmm. uh, hugely beneficial in a marketing strategy. And I don't think this feeling is as strong or even possible in some situations if there isn't that trust. So you can't be comfortable and have peace of mind if you're not feeling trust, right? So think about the high level of trust you feel when you think about, let's say, like the Maytag repairman. I know it's a little bit um, (laughs) an older example, but actually they've been coming around. I've seen some newer commercials with them. But um, but do you get that peace? What'd you say? It works. Yeah, it does work. And, um, you know, you get that peace of mind. You're going to let that guy into your house and and fix your dishwasher. Mm -hmm. Or let's see, another example would be like Charles Schwab when they say, ask Chuck, right? So, I mean, you know that they know what they're talking about. They've got the long history and credentials of that, but they also make it a little more friendly by, you know, changing the the name Charles to Chuck makes it seem more familiar. Or... Or uh, when you see any commercial by Campbell Soup, um, I can't think of any brand that has built a stronger sense of comfort and peace of mind than Campbell's. Can you? No, that's that's got to be top top yeah. of the list. Top yeah, they've done a good job with the mother. So uh, that's that's powerful stuff. But I, I, I'm thinking our listeners might be wondering. So what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with my brand? So if you've already selected one of the archetypes or are in the process of considering adopting one of these, you know, we, want, we want to try to help you figure out how to make your brand as strong as possible. Uh, so what we're trying to do is outline the, outline the benefits of these four archetypes, the things that you can focus on, the things you can draw on in building your brand, right? So being seen as trustworthy is a good thing, pretty obviously, but some of you might be asking, well, can't all brands develop feelings of comfort and trustworthiness and peace of mind and all that? And although the answer is yes, it's just a lot, and I mean a lot easier to do this with these four archetypes than with, let's say, the Jester or even worse, the Outlaw. Hey, you're, right? you're so, picking on us, Kevin. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know, I know. So, you know, the Jester is a little wacky, a little crazy. The Outlaw is a little, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those in a yeah. second here. So those archetypes will kind of by their actions be drawn away from the emotions of comfort and trustworthiness. And that's not to say that they're untrustworthy. Like I said earlier, they're just not going to put any energy into building their brands on those emotions, right? They're just they're just kind of ignoring them at the expense of focusing on the emotions they want to build their brands on, which is, you know, like the gestures, quirkiness. 
I'd rather be seen, personally, I'd rather be seen as quirky and crazy and a little over the top than as peace of mind oriented customer service and warm and fuzzies, right? Yep. So uh, you do, do you think the same thing about yourself when you think about the outlaw? Yes, I do. I For the outlaw, I'm going with that sense of freedom. You know, that's what I'm going for. Um, yeah. And yeah, so... <clears throat> That's a really good point. It reminds me of one of the most important aspects about how all archetypes work, though, and when they're played against each other is a really good thing to consider. So oh, yeah. give us yeah. an example. Yeah, that's really, it really is kind of the heart of why archetypes work so well. First and foremost is that they're just so easy to adopt, so easy to understand, and so easy to get everybody on the same page in your organization. Once you're able to do that, which is usually the hardest part, but archetypes make it so easy, then what you're really doing is you're doing kind of analysis of how am I going to do this? How am I going to pull this off? And I've got all these competitors that I'm going up against. So let's say, uh, for example, you have a competitor that's an outlaw, right? Just like you. If I was going to take a a, let's say a neighbor archetype and go up against you or an innocent archetype and go up against you, the outlaw, pretty obviously there are going to be some trust dynamics at play here, right? If I pick any of these four archetypes and go up against you, Amy, an outlaw, uh, it's going to be pretty obvious that I can use the issue of trust as a way of reinforcing my brand and playing against you. So one cares for it and the other doesn't. It's that simple, and this difference can be amplified and played against to boost my brand perception, not at the expense of yours, but when a person is doing a a direct comparison and they're making a buying decision, I'm kind of hoping that that trust issue kind of uh, seeps into their brain and helps them make that decision to pick me, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. So let's do another one. So what if your competitor is the ruler? Mm-hmm. You could pit your trustworthiness against their self-centered nature. You know, to them, it's all about me, 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 my dominance, my number one awesomeness. Um, <laughs> and that should lead you, you know, they're hoping that um, I'm the best, so you're going to follow me and go with me, right? So now part of their strength is that they truly do have the position and dominance to pull off the ruler art- archetype. So by setting trust aside, they're allowing you to come in and effectively play that against them. Right. Yeah. So yeah, being trustworthy uh, isn't isn't necessary to be number one. Right. Right. It'll help you get there sometimes, but uh, you don't have to have it. Where these archetypes, what we're saying is, this is going to be part of their huge strength is to be able to play it against the those other archetypes. So let's let's just do a third, a real quick third. Um, let's see. A fairly obvious comparison would be. Uh, let's now let's pick one that's a little less obvious. Uh, Outlaw is really super obvious. Uh, let's go with a kind of a middle of the road energy level. Let's go with magician. Okay. Um, okay. As much as we're able to be swayed by uh, magical events, let's call it just you know a, a, a quick way of describing what the magician does. It's equally also possible, plausible to portray magicians. Is kind of fringe, a little frou frou, a little little out there. You know, yeah, you know sure, what I mean, sure. right? It's a little 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 too out there. Right. It's like wow, yeah. that's a little kind of esoteric, a little earthy, crunchy to me. Uh, if if you can portray your competitors that now, I'm not, I'm not saying to slam your competitors. What I'm saying is is you can refer 
to your your competitors as a whole, or just not even refer to them by name. But if you're saying, when you're out shopping for XYZ service and you encounter these people that are a little bit too sketchy, a little, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, I need someone I can trust right now. I'm not writing copy here, but you get my idea that you can portray yourself as being solid, trustworthy, stable, you know, really, you know, a foundation, rock solid, where that magician archetype is a little out there, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess the main point that we're trying to make here is that there are just a handful of archetypes that have inherently low energy, and they're they're filled with a ton of unexpected power, Uh, so much so that depending on uh, depending on which particular market they're in, taking a low-energy approach might be the most powerful way to succeed against those competitors, right? So, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's always a good analysis to figure out who your competitors are as part of the selection process because uh, it, it's, it's, and I find it's not really that often, maybe 1 in 20 where the competitors are super important. I don't know. What do you think, Amy? How how often are your competitors super important in the selection? Well, here, here's here's one reason. Let me kind of throw it in. If I were to randomly pick a small business, you know, like a micro business, super small, one or two person operation, the odds are the competitors are also one and two person operations, and the odds are they actually have no competitors that are doing brand work really well. Right. Is that true in your mind? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the other thing to consider, and we've talked about this numerous times, is also if the industry that you're in gravitates toward, you know, a couple different one. archetypes or one, you know, one particular archetype, just consider that and see how you can go up against them with a different one. Yeah. Like if you're a, a brand new used car sales lot, right? Almost all of your competitors are going to be jesters, yeah. right? riding donkeys out in the parking lot and stuff like that, right? <laughs> so if that's the case, then why not go with a much more trust? And wow, what a fresh concept! Right, the used car dealership being trustworthy. Yeah, huh? Who would have ever thought of that? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is fun. Uh, so, Amy, get us out the door with a recap. Sure. I'm going to guess we're going to have some mayhem. Oh, we've got some good mayhem. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But just for the little bit of wrap up about what we just talked about, if you're considering a low energy archetype or if after taking the free questionnaire at brandarchetypes.com, you find one of one or more low energy archetypes on your shortlist, you might still have questions. So feel free to contact us at brandarchetypes.com or you can follow us on all the social media at brandarchetypes. So. Ready for some mayhem? <laughs> I am ready for some mayhem. Okay. So I'm not really sure what DuPont, this is from an older, these are two actually, of two ads, from uh-huh. DuPont. We don't hear a lot from DuPont these days. I'm not sure what their archetype would be, but this is just freaking bananas. Okay, when I saw no. this, I was like, what? No, you're saying these are kind of old. Let's Let's frame that. If you are old enough to remember a world without uh, saran wrap or uh, clear plastic laundry um, dry cleaning bags, that that kind of plastic, right? If you can remember a world without that stuff, <laughs> that's when these ads were introduced. And I don't remember that. So this these have to be from the 50s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Okay, so... 
<clears throat> we all are familiar with the um, the stork, right? That the stork brings babies, all that kind of stuff, right? Well, that, here that, in America. Well, yes. in, for America, yeah, sure. Probably in Europe, too. Yeah, yeah okay. So that imagery. So just, you know, pic- picture a stork um, with, you know, his long bill and he's holding a bundle and there's presumably a baby in that bundle, right? We've, you know, a lot of us have seen We've that. We've seen that picture okay. a thousand times. And, and the bundle is usually like a white cloth, right? Right. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Not in the DuPont cellophane. Okay. <laughs> There's a stork and he's holding a plastic bag with a naked baby in it. And it says, <laughs> and it says, the best things in life come in cellophane. And that's the ad. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then there's a second one that we included, which are like a little bit older toddlers. And it says, you see, so many good things in DuPont cellophane. And there's three babies. Three babies. Wrapped in cellophane. Wrapped in plastic. I'm going to guess that these ads were produced before the class action lawsuits oh, where babies God. died by suffocating. I really hope that these ads didn't, like, you know, facilitate that class action lawsuit. Oh, I, I oh would have to imagine God. that people thought, hey, oh. this stuff is totally okay. With oh. These ads. My God. Yeah, we we've obviously have learned a little bit from experience on not to do these things, but to actually see them in their original ads. It's horrifying. It's it horrifying really to see a baby really wrapped in a plastic bag. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Mayhem. Maybe it worked for them, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay, well. Anyway. That so, was mayhemic. So. That was mayhem. Keep your kids out of plastic bags, folks, and yep, we will okay. see you next week. Okay, thanks, Amy. Bye. You've been listening to the Brand Archetypes Podcast. Are you ready to discover your company's archetype? Check out brandarchetypes.com where you can download the book, find out about archetype-specific strategies, connect with us on social media, and sign up for our newsletter.